I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. Keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And it is an entrepreneurial dude, powerhouse of a treat to be here today. We have with us Jack DeLosa. Jack, how are you, brother? Amrit, I am incredibly well, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, you're tuning in. And unfortunately, I'm just noticing that this might be a bit of a trip for you guys. I'm for a lot of you are listening from all over parts of the world. And actually there are two Aussies here. So try not to get lost between who's Amrit and who's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Amrit's the better looking one. <laughs> He's the intelligent one. <laughs> he knows what to say and when to I say. I don't know about that. <laughs> for those tuning into Jack for the first time, guys, I'm going to keep it short, sharp and shiny, but man, like, he is the CEO and the founder now of The Entourage. Um, there is so much in there. He has been, you know, there's a there's a world of background in terms in terms of training and mindset and EQ. But, you know, actually, I'm, I'm in awe of what you've been able to do with your background in sort of awareness of mindset and how important that stuff is in applying that to helping people thrive in the business coaching that the the Entourage helps people with. And, you know, one of the offerings that the Entourage is um, is here called Elevate, and it's here just to help people go from I think it's seven to eight figures. So you know, the mindset 
that it sort of takes and the awareness that it sort of takes to help people go from already kicking amazing goals to even harder goals. Man, it is such a beautiful, beautiful pleasure for us to be gleaning lessons and wisdom and insight from you today. Thank you so much for doing this, Jack. Awesome to have you here. Thanks, Emmett. Good to be here, brother. <laughs> so I want to, there is so many places, so many places that we could start, but I was, um, when we were checking things out online, I was, I was researching you more and more and more and more. And uh, the thing that I found really intriguing was you help a lot of different people walk through so many different um, parts of life when it comes to setting up different businesses and making their, like finding themselves in their business and expressing that fully. Do you think, and this is going to be a real, real easy question to start with, do you think entrepreneurship is for everybody? Depends on your definition. Yeah. Right. And so if we're talking about uh, scaling companies and, and having multiple companies and raising money from investors and operating at eight and nine figure valuations and employing hundreds of people, mm. no, that's, that game is not for everybody. Yep. And, and the reason for that is it's like anything, right? Like if you want to be a footballer or a netball player or a swimmer or a violinist, there's certain uh, attributes that, that one needs to have. You, you need to be wired a certain way to that particular craft, right? Mm -hmm. And on, entrepreneurship is no different. What's been great to see over the last 10 or 20 years is entrepreneurship is, is now significantly more inclusive mm. because and broadly applicable because anybody can do what you've done, brother, which is, you know, be walking a corporate path, identify their living and existence that's not aligned to their values, and then make a business out of doing what they love, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think entrepreneurship is just kind of like a fancy word for creating a life that's uniquely you, creating a life around your skill set, creating a life around your values. And the great thing about the world that we live in today, and this will only become increasingly true in the years to come, is that anybody can do that in any forum. It's mm -hmm. not to say everybody should do that, right? I've got 70 people here at the Entourage and they love being here at the Entourage. Now, some of them will go and start their own companies and I encourage them and celebrate when that happens. Mm -hmm. However, however, if you can find a career that's aligned to who you are, aligned to your values, aligned to your highest intention, aligned to your growth trajectory, mm -hmm. uh, it's an environment that brings out the best in you, then that's amazing as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's I think it's purely about I think it's less about what are you doing and more about how aligned is it to who you are. Yo. Yo, and I think that's that's a really powerful point in there as well because oftentimes we <laughs> we become outcome oriented, right? And we're looking at the outcome in terms of what it is that you know an entrepreneur seems to have this new zing to it, which feels a lot like what rock star used to feel like in many ways, right. <laughs> you know. And uh, these amazing events, people are going along and literally like loving what this whole brand around entrepreneur really means. But even you know. And I, I'm being a purpose coach and helping people through their journey. Like sometimes it's about finding them the next role within an organization that makes them, and it's entrepreneurial in many ways because it is aligned right. to their values and their passions yeah. and what they I, feel I is the purpose. It. And they're learning a whole bunch of skills. hundred percent, hundred percent. And this can be the shadow of that entrepreneur rock star brand thing. The shadow of that is we can go into employee shaming. We can go mm -hmm. into 
shaming people who are actually thriving in a career. I know a lot of people that, you know, some of my closest friends, um, could they go out and start a company if they wanted to? Absolutely. However, right now, them operating within a framework and within a structure, either as a number two or a number three or number four or number five, is absolutely their dharma. It's bringing mm. out the best in them. They're really happy. They're making more money than they know what to do with. And so what's, the, you know, there's no problem there. That's, that's a great path. And so yeah. I think it's, as I said, I think it's less about what you do and more about how aligned is it to who you are. Yeah, and I love that because... It's, uh, what I'm hearing is this fullest expression, really, of who you are. I love the way you put it. Yes. Create a life that's truly uniquely you. Like that is that yes. is like episode title worthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Episode title worthy. Sorry, I've never that. been called episode title as, worthy. As before. a podcaster, this is kind of how your brain works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how your brain works. I love I'm it. Broken in all these ways. <laughs> I'm getting an all insight into Amrit's psychology right now. <laughs> um, so, but one of the things that I I noticed. With you were touching on in the response that I really value um, just how much time we're taking here as well to, to discern this because I sort of, the way I've been sort of identifying it for myself is I see myself as a soft core entrepreneur. Um, and I see, and I see people out there that are hardcore entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, I, I know I'm just going to sell it and putting you on a pedestal, but you know, whatever. I see yourself as a hardcore entrepreneur. I see the Elon Musk's of the world as a hardcore entrepreneur. And what do I, what I discern between that is, my relationship between risk and reward and opportunity is very different to yours. Yeah. Um, someone like Elon Musk looks at going to Mars as an opportunity to just build a vertical trucking company. And it's like, what, at what point did you just go, Oh yeah. Interplanetary, like travel vertical trucking company. Like the, the Delta between that, (laughs) it was never something that me personally was going to cross. Right. And I've got enough touch with self-awareness hopefully to recognize that that wasn't a conversation that was going to happen in my head. Um, But there are people that see reward and opportunity such as yourself where there is a massive amount of risk. Yeah, there's a there's a yes. significant amount of risk. Someone like myself, I identify, and I call that the hardcore entrepreneur. Uh, someone like myself, and you were referring to this before, entrepreneurship is so inclusive now. I feel like yeah. that's that soft core entrepreneurship where it's like I am passionate about helping others find work and do the work that they love, that their soul was put here to do on the earth. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that I can build a life around that as a coach is like, oh my God, that's amazing. One of my favorite books mm. is Small Giants. I don't need a team of like 70 people. Three of mm. us can make this work and it can work mm. really well with just a team of three to mm. four people. And it's like this soft core entrepreneurship where it's like your passions mean so much to you that you just want to serve them into the world. And entrepreneurship will allow you to walk into that path as well. I think it's incredible what it offers us in all of its dimensions. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good distinction. And you're right, I, I am a hardcore entrepreneur. Um, you know, today my portfolio of companies is doing, you know, uh, well over $100 million and I employ a lot of people. And and that that comes, as, as you rightly put, you know, there's a lot of risk to that as well. You know, back in 2016, I, I had a year and a half where I was losing half a million dollars, $600,000 a month because we went into an accredited education environment. We became a college, government changed the regulations, had to come out of the industry. We built an institution around that industry. And uh, as a result, yeah, I was, you know, I was incurring significant losses, had to go from 90 people down to 40 people. 
millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt. And so, you know, uh, yeah, the, 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 the highs are very high and the lows are very low. Um, and so I, I agree with the distinction and I think it's important that we have a deep understanding that one is not better than the other, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't, you know, we, we shouldn't view the hundred million dollar or the billion dollar entrepreneur as any more noble Mm. or courageous or gifted than the um, entrepreneur and business owner who's doing what they love, you know, perhaps at a smaller scale, but has the self-awareness to identify that that's their dharma, that's their Mm. path, you know? Mm. And so one thing I often talk about is purpose isn't about uh, breadth. It's not about how far reaching it goes. When I talk purpose, I don't want you trying to put rockets on Mars, right? (laughs) It's not about breadth. It's about depth. How deeply important is it to you? Yo. The only reason I'm in that category, what we call hardcore entrepreneur, is, is, is that stuff is important to me. You know, I, I scale is important to me. Uh, operating on an international basis is important to me. Making good investments is important to me. And I don't do any of it because it's popular or respected or because of the culture, you know, puts it on a pedestal. Mm. I do it. I, I was doing it before culture put it on a pedestal you know Mm -hmm. i do it because it's who i am and so again amrit that comes back to what we're talking about before it doesn't matter what the fuck you do Mm. it's about is it a representation of who you truly are yeah yeah i love that the way i the hippie in me articulates it is is this your highest expression and that's that's pretty much go out and do it bro there was this thing that when i was researching you that really just (laughs) it it bit me at the heels, but at the same time, it opened up my heart at the same time. So I'm just going to go there and just sort of go. What, is, what does bit you at the heels mean? Yeah. So it bit me at the heels because I was like, oh, damn it. Like you got me. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, it just sort of like, it like it held me back for a sec, but then also like opened me up in many ways as well. And it was mm-hmm. this quote that you had. And uh, I was, I, it, I spent some time contemplating it after I heard you share it online. It was the athlete doesn't find his sport any easier mm. than the rookie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And there was that, there was that bite in the heels, which is like, no matter how good you get, you're still going to have challenges, bro. <laughs> you know? And then it was. The better was you get, the bigger co- the challenges will be. 
Tell us more about that. <laughs> I love how you honed in on that as well, because that's I think I think this is I think this is huge, man. And 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 there's there's a couple of different layers here. So let's let's go into them. Please. Where where that whole conversation needs to start is by we currently have a culture where people are not willing to be bad at something. We see Zucks on a cover of a magazine, or we see you know the guitarist playing in Madison Square Garden to twenty thousand people, and we think I want to do that. I want to go from where I am right now to where they are, and I want to do it in an instant. And what everybody needs to understand is that between where you are and where you want to be, there's a gap. Mm-hmm. And that gap is filled with when you start anything, you are not going to be good. <laughs> Nowhere is that truer than in business. Yeah. Nowhere is that truer than in being a coach or being anywhere where the, 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 the depth of your knowledge is a huge asset. Mm. Before you develop that depth of knowledge, you're not going to be good yet. Mm-hmm. And so you need to go from I suck to I suck less to I suck less, less to mm-hmm. I'm average to I'm slightly better than average to, oh my God, I'm almost good at this to I'm good at this. Then you're there for about five or seven or 10 years and then you become great, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the journey. That's mm-hmm. the journey. And, 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 and throughout that canyon is looking foolish throughout that canyon is being doubted by those around you throughout that canyon is people saying you're making more money when you had a job are you really sure you should be doing this and <laughs> by the way you're not great at it and That's a really they're solid right male in the coffin that they're trying to do, isn't it? right right <laughs> and they're right yeah. right and so yeah. this is why such a huge uh virtue of anybody that creates any success in any field of their life Mm. a huge virtue is you know what could be framed as delusion meaning Mm. you have such a high level of belief in yourself and your path and you just understand the natural laws of it if i do this Mm. for long enough and i am continuously learning I understand I'm going to look stupid. I understand I'm going to make more mistakes in a week than most people do in a year. I understand people are going to talk shit about me. And I understand that that shit is probably going to be accurate. And I understand that the more I stick with this, provided I'm continually building and consciously developing myself, I'm going to get good. And so that's the first thing to understand is that there is a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And we, we do not go from beginner to great overnight Mm. yet we live in a culture that gives the impression that we should and it's and it's a it's an abusive expectation for us to have on ourselves and it's an abusive expectation for us to have on others because it's not real the second part of this sorry i was going to just jump in there for a second because i think it's even a little bit more sinister than that because when people do finally start out they expect rapid results in real time. Yes. And then and, I think what's and, wrong and with me get, because I'm not great in five minutes. Because they're like, I'm jumping off yeah. the ship. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and it's, a, it's, a path, it's a path that leads really quickly to what's wrong with me. Mm. Right? Yeah. Every person who has ever achieved greatness, I would say the number one thing that differentiates themselves is they can foresee and foreshadow 
that they are going to go through periods, extended periods of discomfort, feeling inadequate, feeling like they are not good enough. They prepare themselves for it. And as they're going through it, they're not completely attached to those emotions. They don't identify with those emotions. It's, It's not, I am inadequate. It's not, I am depressed. It's not, I am an idiot. It's, it's having the self-awareness and have having your witness, internal witness developed enough to be able to look at yourself and where you are in a process, having the perspective to say, I'm a beginner and this mm. is normal. What I'm going through is normal. It's part of the course. Everybody else might not know that, but I do. And so I'm going to stick with it. And so that's the first thing is knowing that there's a gap. The second thing is that is this, we all kind of want to get to a point where everything becomes easy. Everything becomes great. We have arrived. We have healed. We are successful, right? It's effortless. Yeah. It's effortless. It's easy. Yeah. Everyone understands us. Everyone thinks we're amazing. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you are never going to get there. Yeah. In fact, the further you rise, the less you will feel like you are there. Right? <laughs> and this is the whole thing. The athlete feels every bit as challenged by their sport as the amateur. Mm. Now, why is that? Because as you develop more capability and more skill, your whole world up levels with you. The projects you're working on up level, the arenas you're performing in up level, your competition up levels, your peers Mm. up level. And so we never arrive at a point where we go, I'm the best in the world. I'm always going to be the best in the world. I can relax now. It's like the further you rise, the more you will be fueled to continue developing. Mm. Mm. Thank you for unpacking that. Mm. It begs a perfect little segue into growth mindset. And I know you've done, <laughs> yeah, you were dedicated to mindset. You probably still are in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of growth mindset, how, what are some of the key mindsets that you think are for, like, if you are going to embark on this path, and I, I think you know the you alluded to the importance of, and there's going to be a better way to put this, but we're two Aussies on a podcast, so I'm going to go there. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a period of eating shit um, that you're just like acclimatized to and ready for in order to achieve greatness. Yeah, um, mm. there's there's a whole arc to which I know you know there's resilience in there. There's the growth mindset in there. What are some of the key mindset pieces that you think, um, or I won't even say prescribe to others, but have been fundamental to yourself um, that have helped you? Um, maybe the top three pieces of mindset awareness from pieces for yourself that have helped you um, as almost like a left right left punch get to where you are today in terms of mindset. Everything comes back to childhood. Mm. Everything comes back to childhood. And what one discovers as they learn more about inner child work is that nobody comes out of childhood without stuff, right? Without what psychology would call trauma. Mm. And childhood trauma is not necessarily I was physically abused or, um, you know, extremely neglected childhood trauma can arise from the smallest of things, right? Because what happens is from zero to seven, we go through our imprint period where everything that we see and hear and do and observe and everything that's modeled to us sinks straight into our unconscious mind. Uh We don't have uh, the intellectual faculties developed yet 
to filter things. And so we are a sponge. And so it could be as simple as one day you stubbed your toe in the supermarket, you looked over to mom, you were crying, mom didn't see you or hear you, she turned to grab something. Um, and in that moment, you felt abandoned and neglected and like mom didn't love you. That stuff stays with you until you process it out as an adult. And so what happens is, is zero to seven, it's the imprint period. However, we do not have the perspective, the information or the context in terms of what's going on. So it can be as easy as mum turns away or maybe there is serious stuff going on with mum and dad. Maybe there is uh, uh, substance abuse. Maybe there is violence. Maybe there is all of this different stuff, right? It can be, it can be subtle or it can be extreme and it really doesn't matter because mm. through the lens of a five or a six-year-old, it's kind of absorbed in a similar way. Mm. And so what I find now, here's the thing. Here's the thing with childhood trauma is that is our nutrients. That is the soil in which your seed is nourished. Mm -hmm. That is the nutrients for your growth. It is the nutrients for your development. And so if it wasn't for childhood trauma, we wouldn't have professional athletes. If it wasn't for childhood trauma, we never would have landed on the moon. If it wasn't for childhood trauma, we wouldn't have skyscrapers and billion dollar companies. And so the trauma, the shadow plays a really important part in the evolution of humanity and in the evolution of each individual within it. Now, what happens is childhood trauma therefore acts as the catalyst for a lot of us to start. When a lot of high achievers start out, we start out because at some level, whether we were conscious of it or not, we felt inadequate. We felt not good enough. We started to do something. We got praise. It's how we attracted love. It's how we attracted attention. We got addicted to that. And so we got better. We got more love. We got better. We got more love. We got better. We got more love. And so often we start our journeys from a position of deficit. And that's okay because it's, a, it's often a necessary catalyst. Mm -hmm. What you want to do at some point is arrive at a point in your journey where you realize you are being fueled by angst, maybe anxiety, maybe the need to prove oneself, uh, maybe the need to um, appear better than others. And it's very ego driven and it's exhausting and it's unfulfilling. And so yeah. what often happens is one gets to a point in their journey where they go, I'm exhausted. I've achieved the things that I thought were going to make me happy and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I now understand that this thing called life is an inner game and that happiness is a now or never job. And it's certainly not going to come from the externalities. And so I need to go in search of where are the fractures and disconnects in myself and how do I heal them? Mm -hmm. And so what every great, achiever, performer, entrepreneur, CEO, mother, father, sports person ultimately achieves is going and doing the inner child work. What are mm -hmm. the things that you are still carrying from that period in your life? And, and how do you resolve and heal them, which is uncomfortable shadow driven work, very confronting. Mm -hmm. And as you start to mend the parts of yourself that you left back in childhood, you become a more whole and complete human being. And you get to a point where it's no longer the angst and the anxiety and the fear that's fueling you. You are genuinely coming from a place of deep integrated self. Mm 
<laughs> because one of the core challenges, Amrit, that a lot of people have with this is, uh, Jack, if I'm currently driven by, you know, grit and fire and <laughs> anger and insecurity and inadequacy and not enough, then when I heal, won't I lose my ambition? Mm. And the answer to that is, if that's the place you're operating from, you haven't fucking met ambition. Well, you haven't met ambition until you're whole, until you're operating from an inspired perspective. And not all the time. None of us are perfect and inspired and joyful. It's a human journey. Yeah. But come, it's a human journey. But coming from a place of being deeply connected to yourself, mm. then you tap into what real ambition really is. Mm-hmm. 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 Well. Wow. <laughs> 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 We just went there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> because the, the big the big thing that like I find myself sharing with others as well, and I've been admitting this to people as I've been doing more and more healing journeys, like the inspired evolution and people are like, This is super inspiring. It's taken me to a whole nother place. And I, I speak to it not to aggrandize it, but just to give it make it relevant because I, I can speak to something that I'm I'm working on. Um mm-hmm. And I had to admit, it was birthed out of, and we discussed this at the beginning of the podcast, it was birthed out of the angst for what the corporate machine was all about. It was like, this is not in alignment. And there was that real rage against the machine, literally, right? That sort of burst the inspired evolution. And then it gets to a certain point where you do your own work and you start to exactly how you articulated that actually, yeah, like that, what got me here is no longer what's going to take me to the next place. There's only so long I can continue to rage against the machine and I'm just, I'm just raging, but my, like even my adversary starts to shrink after a while. Right. And you start to look to what do I collaborate and what am I actually trying to call into? And you, and it's interesting. And this is potentially what is worth diving into right at this juncture in the podcast as well. Let's pause there for a second. Cause so we, we, we need to understand that discomfort is such an important ingredient in evolution. And often we, you know, it's culturally normal for us to think, oh, somebody, you know, they, they started out and they started out of inadequacy and discomfort and all of that kind of stuff. We need to learn to honor that because it's a necessary catalyst to get moving along a journey. Yeah. Right. And so discomfort and dissatisfaction, even with oneself, is a really beautiful place to be because it's from that place that everything is born. Here's the other thing to think about is that I kind of observe in culture, right? Is is say you've got like the the median of human experience, you've got this line. Mm. And then we, we want to, anything that we feel that's above the median, we call it a good emotion. And anything we feel that's below the median, we call it a bad emotion. And mm. we get into only wanting to feel those feelings that are above the median. Well, that's impossible because we're full spectrum beings having a full spectrum experience. And so your intention should not be to feel better. Mm. Your intention should be to feel more, mm. more of the up, more of the down and practice being still and present and centered regardless of what's going on. But when we're pursuing only having the above the median feelings, that's called being half of yourself. 
That's called mm-hmm. living half a fucking life. That's yeah. called being completely disintegrated within yourself and around yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to get to a point where we celebrate and honor and are comfortable enough to sit with all of the experience of our inner and outer human experience. That's wisdom. The propensity for us to have a look at our shit, the way you're articulating it, and the space that our businesses hold for them to be revealed for our shadows. Because oftentimes when I'm playing small, it's 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 so nice and it's so nice and handy because I'm not full, like I, I'm just I'm in my comfort zone. And you talk about mm. the discomfort and the growth just then. And the question I was going to ask, which sort of links in perfectly to what you've just shared is, you know, on the, on the journey as an entrepreneur or as a business or as a self-employed, whatever your, your journey is, when you start to put yourself out there, you start, even though it's inner work, there are parts of you that are even more challenged to show up and it becomes even more uncomfortable. And I remember, <clears throat> you know, the way I used to articulate this early on was some part of me was always looking for the personal development vehicle i was always looking for this vehicle which was going to be like you know i'm going to jump in this and this is going to take me to the next place and i used to just think i suffered from savior syndrome because i was indian right we all have gurus in india (laughs) 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 where's my guru where you at you know and then network marketing locked up and then all this stuff and i was like come on my guru's here somewhere and then but the irony for me was it was actually my own business was my guru in many ways because it gave me the lessons the insights it was holding space for me to go and this is where you feel you're inadequate like have a look at your relationship with sam and this is where you are not willing to ask you know go on yeah no it's just yeah it'll highlight where you feel you're inadequate it will also highlight where you're inadequate and when I say inadequate, I don't mean inadequate to somebody else. I don't mean less than. I mean inadequate relative to the dreams that you hold for yourself. Yo. Where is the ideal me? Where Sorry. Where is the current me inadequate to the ideal me that I am becoming? Mm-hmm. And identifying those inadequacies in ourselves is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And, and they exist. Yeah. Because all I just said, a lot of people will hear what I just said and think, that sounds negative. All I just said is the you that you can be in the future is far greater than the you that you are right now. <laughs> That's all yeah. I said. But an intrinsic understanding that we must have if we are to truly believe and appreciate what I just said is that the current you is inadequate relative to the ideal you. And yeah. so where are you inadequate? Let's get really honest about that. And as you're saying, Amrit, your business is a phenomenal vehicle to hold up a mirror for you Mm. to all of the places in which you are inadequate relative to your ideal self. The bigger our mission in life, the more opportunity the universe and life has to present back to us where are our inner growth opportunities. Because when you employ 70 people and you've got 500 clients and a community of 500,000, you've got a lot of opportunities to get feedback, mm. right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, and, and now that's not to say that every piece of feedback you get is going to be valid. Mm-hmm. 
which is another intrinsic learning in all of this, which is getting to a point where you're able to hear, listen, digest and discern what you take on as valid and what you take on as not. That's another skill and that's another part of the journey. But yeah, to your point, brother, the bigger your mission, the bigger the challenges, the bigger the mission, the bigger the mirror through which you will be able to identify your growth opportunities. And business is a phenomenal vehicle for that because your business is literally, I do not mean this in a metaphysical way, your business is literally a reflection of you. Mm. Mm. Rewinding just a couple of steps, there was a bit in there that is a gooey piece that I don't think gets voiced enough, but I think we can really shine some light on it in this conversation following into where we've been. So, you know, there's, you're talking about, you know, when you're setting up something and you're not going to be good at it. Yeah. And I promise this podcast will end on a light note. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they want a light note. I think they're loving this. (laughs) But we're here right now. Not being good at it. But then at the same time, and you've been through quite a few iterations of of yourself, you know, listening into kind of even where you considered yourself as starting as the entrepreneur through break the cycle and then, you know, setting up a a very well established marketing company and then training in mindset and EQ and then, you know, MBE and then the entourage, you know, you've been through quite a journey in those spaces. Now, (laughs) the piece where you decide you're going to show up as the person that is going to help others with X, Y, and Z service or X, Y, and Z product, when you know that you're not good at it yet, but there is a vision that that is, I know that that is the vision that's pulling me forward, that that's going to be the version of me that is the best version of me and the, going to be in greater service to others. And yet I've still got to figure out how to get there whilst getting there. That delusion that you were speaking to, the slipperiness of that, the discomfort of that, the the challenge between self-awareness and how much of it is a self lie at that point while you're still navigating that journey. I'm just in awe of the fact that we've got a space and a container here that I can even articulate it, let alone Mm. figure out what the question is to be, to be honest. Mm, mm. No, I Um, I feel you. Yeah. Like that rub is, is very hard to put into words, but it's, it's so hard for, to actually interface with on the day to day, because when you wake up and it's like, okay, so I am doing this, but then at the same time, oh, I'm not, oh, I am doing this, but I'm not this person. Oh, but I am doing this, but I'm not this person. The key question I think I want to ask you is a, that's happening. And we've spoken to that a little bit on the regular, that's the delusional piece. But then from there, how do you continue to up level your vision? How do you continue to grow and stay inspired into the next space and potentially know that, this part of it was done. I'm moving into the next phase. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, mate. And and let's come back to um, the first point around. You know, as you evolve, uh, how how does one coach and teach? I think it's really important, and a, a principle I've always employed is I wait until I have truly developed a skill and a capability before I teach it. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that's really important because the the margin for error otherwise is too great. If you don't have lived experience in something and you're teaching it to other human beings under the premise, the false premise that you do have lived experience in something, Mm -hmm. chances are they're going to follow you off a cliff because you don't know the mistakes that 
they need to avoid and you're going to teach them in a way where they're not going to know the state mistakes they need to avoid. And so for me, it's always been critical that I develop a high level of capability and lived experience in a particular field before I integrate it into my teachings. <laughs> we spoke about in a child work before, and this is the most recent uh, modality, if we want to call it that, that I've integrated into what I teach. And, you know, my, my inner child journey started with a discussion with, you know, a couple of really wise friends. Uh, it was then a couple of years of one-on-one deep therapy with some highly skilled therapists. Yeah. Um, uh, reading a lot on the field as I was going through that therapy to understand the more broader patterns that, because obviously when you're in one-on-one therapy, all, you, all you're learning about is your own stuff. Mm. And if you want to get to a point where you can teach something, you need to understand the broader, more universal principle. So, so I'm also yeah. reading a lot about it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I, and then I flew halfway across the world to Arizona and put myself through um, two one-week courses over there that were, very intensive, very intense, uh, you know, so much so that on, on the second week, I learned that I was the only person ever that's done two weeks back to back at this place. Um, and they've been around for about 60 years. Yeah, and, well. so, and so that sort of teaches me how to train it and shows me some other patterns. And, and, then, and then I ensure that I've got lived experience. So have I gotten to a point where in this particular example, I feel like I've integrated my inner child? Have I fundamentally changed my relationship with self? Have I fundamentally changed my relationship with loved ones and close ones? Have I transformed? And only once I have done that, and once I can articulate how, and once I can articulate other patterns, and once I have experience in training environments, only then do I start to talk to small groups about it and then develop a greater understanding and larger groups and larger groups and larger groups. And so I, I think, I think we do need to teach, sorry, we need to treat teaching and coaching with a reverence and ensure that we are developed in the areas in which we're coaching them. Meaning always just teach and coach your, the, the journey that you've been on over the last couple of years, the backwards gap Don't yeah. bullshit. and yeah, the back, exactly. The backwards gap, teach that, coach that. <laughs> And, and as you grow and develop, so will your scope of lived experience and therefore your scope of what you will teach effectively will grow. Mm-hmm. The, the, the second part of your question was around how do you uh, continue to up-level your vision, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting, which is a really interesting question. I just want to kind of feel into what the truth of that answer is for me. I think I think you, me, your viewers and listeners are all people who hold growth as the goal, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you the way you put it before is we came here to become the fullest expression of ourselves. That's mm-hmm. the same way that I word it. Um, and so if if you have a growth mindset that you apply to yourself and your world and all that kind of stuff, then it doesn't matter how big your world gets. Um, You're going to want it to expand. Now, ideally that desire for expansion is not coming from deficit. It's coming from inspiration and, Oh my God, I'm loving this. How much more can we do? Mm. Right. And so I think if one is growth oriented, it's, it's, it's almost like a natural instinct that just never stops. Mm. 
And do you think some of our, I don't want to call it the broken bits, but the parts where the inner child still continues mm. to need healing still fuels mm. some of the vision, even as we continue to go on on the journey? Yes. Yeah. And, and the degree to which you are driven by the parts of yourself that are yet to be integrated should continue to decline as you continue to heal. I love that. So <laughs> interesting pivot from this point, because we've been discussing relationship with self and maybe before we just take off from this point, the inner child work, do you have references that you think would be valuable for the listener to tune into? Um, I know someone like Matt Kahn is an amazing resource for me personally um, around inner child work. Do you have anybody that you recommend the audience tune into for that sort of stuff? I really like Pia Malady. So Pia, P-I-A, Malady. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Pia's in her early 90s these days. So she was really, she became a, a, a very renowned thought leader in this stuff you know, back in what must have been the 70s and 80s. And so she's one of like almost like the grandmothers of the space, if you yeah, like. Cool. She's got some really good books. Um, one is called Facing Codependence and the hypothesis being that we're all codependent until mm -hmm. we're not. Um, I'd start there. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, bro. And so from that point, talking about relationship with self and how a business is a perfect mirror for us, and then ultimately, well, I think in my humble perspective, every business is a product or a service in many ways. Um, and so there is that relationship with the other <laughs> that is invoked in there. So it's this sense of, and especially when I feel into what the entourage feels like, and I've got a couple of really good friends that um, are obsessed with the entourage and the sense of community that is fostered there so a probably the easy low-hanging fruit to discuss yes the the inner work for self definitely has a ripple effect for the relationship with others and then the some of the some of your guiding principles in, in terms of relationship building with others and how to continue to foster a really positive sense of community the best way to build effective relationships with others is to heal yourself mm. everything comes back to self yeah. Even the inner child work we spoke about before, as I was speaking about that, every parent watching and listening this immediately skipped to <laughs> how am I impacting my children? We immediately try and circumvent our own inner work in yeah. order to play caretaker to the others that are in our world, particularly our children. And I understand mm. that. I appreciate that. You want to be a bit better parent? Heal yourself. Mm. You want to be a better uh, relationship builder, heal yourself. You want to be a better partner, heal yourself. And I tell you why it is so deeply fundamentally true that it all starts and ends with self. This is why as you start to do the inner child work and you start to realize, um, where's where your limiting patterns come from, where mm -hmm. your destructive behaviors come from, because I'm talking to the viewer and the listener right now, you've got destructive behaviors. We all do, right? When you start to understand where they come from, what doesn't happen is you don't learn a more accurate way of judging and shaming yourself. 
which is what a lot of people think will eventuate the more I dig into myself. Like, why, I find, why would I go and try and find all of the bits of myself that I don't like? Isn't that just going to be confronting and uncomfortable? And yes, it's going to be confronting and uncomfortable, but when you truly process or when you truly integrate the parts of yourself that haven't been integrated, what you start to develop is an understanding for self mm. that you've never had before. And what arises from that is a compassion for self that you've never had before. It's the whole, oh, that's why I've been doing that for the last mm. 20 years. Ah, mm. oh, that's why I haven't been able to moderate in that part of my personality and life for the last 30 years. Ah, oh, that's why I'm quick to anger in that aspect of my relationship. Ah, oh, that's why my partner triggers me. What you, you start to understand, like truly, understand yourself and what that does is it allows you to give yourself a break because you're like well of course i can see i i can see the root cause of what was going on here now even just having awareness of the root cause is a solution in and of itself before you even get to any doing any processing or healing around it mm. and so when you start to develop compassion for self what happens in relationship is you no longer are triggered by other people most of the time, let's say mm. anything we're talking about here, Amrit, let's say we, let's say a very consciously developed person could apply this 75% of the time, right? 25% mm. of the time, we're all little shits. Let's still be human. <laughs> yeah. Right. Still human, still human. And so I'm talking, I'm not, I'm, this isn't about being perfect and not triggered hundred percent of the time. Mm. You know, and, and this is a PMality principle. If you can be a functional adult, two thirds of the time you're doing really well. So I just want to sort of set that as a, as a, expectation reliever right to not put too much pressure on ourselves but what happens in relationship is when you've developed an understanding of self and a compassion for self when somebody's showing up and they're not showing up as their best self they're not showing mm -hmm. up as the ideal them that we had pictured in our minds they're not showing up in the role that we cast them into and they're not fulfilling our needs perfectly you understand why because you will have a depth of insight to understand, particularly if you've you know, been in relationship with this person for years and understand their history, mm. you'll understand where those aspects are coming from. Mm. And so relationship is less about what are the communication techniques. It's less about what are the listening skills. All of that's important, but it's all surface level relative to how deeply do you understand yourself? Because that is the number one determinant to how deeply you understand and can hold others. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Especially where you left it in terms of the depth with which we're intimate with ourselves is the intimacy that we can then afford unto others as well. And people can powerfully yes. feel that. And yes. uh, there's, it's feel safe sort of sharing it in this space. There are moments <laughs> where I'll have like these internal shifts and it'll just be like, you know, somewhere I'll be off meditating. It's, I'm obsessed with it, but, um, you know, I'll be in a process and something will shift. It doesn't happen all the time. Every now and then something will shift and you can feel it. It's like a wow, like, Ooh, okay. That insight was, oh shit. And sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes you to sit with it for a while. Anyway, there'll be a shift. And then that shift. I'm aware I can actually see the manifestations of the positive nature of that shift. I can feel it a little bit inside, 
but I can mm. actually see it in my business. <laughs> mm. Yes. Which becomes yeah, yes. this really woo-woo thing. Can you give us an example of potentially when that's happened to you? Yeah. I think that's always happening to all of us, right? I like so much so I find it hard to think of one particular example. I think it's like if you went back and uh you know observed the entourage back in 2013 and 14, hmm. you you would relative to who we are today, you, you, we were immature relative to who we are today, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're younger, less developed, less mature, that's reflected. This is what I mean. Your business is a reflection of you. And I mean that very literally yeah. because you take all of those characteristics, that's what has to flow through our marketing because mm-hmm. that's who we are. That's what flows through our sales process. That's therefore we attract like-minded, like-hearted people at a similar stage of our development. They mm-hmm. reflect back to us some of the behaviors and some of the de- deficiencies and inadequacies in our own development because you attract the people you deserve. Mm-hmm. And so as you develop, so too does your team. But mm-hmm. by virtue of they will either develop with you or as you develop, they will opt out or as you develop. And if they don't, you will opt them out as you should because they should go somewhere where they fit in. And so as you develop, your team will develop, your customers will develop in maturity concurrently, right? And so when I say like uh, your business is a reflection of you, your entire world is very literally a reflection of you. And so the, the, the level of maturity that you have around you and the level of uh, capability that you have around you and the level of um, depth that you have around you is all relative to that which you've been able to foster and bring forth in yourself. Mm. So one of the things as well that from you sort of hear when people start going on this, um, I'm just going to go their business coaching journey is like the first sort of thing that people sort of hit their face against is this avatar piece. It's like, all right, who is my avatar? Who am I actually here to help? You know, and many people will get you to draft out what is your ideal client? Yeah. And then, I remember myself something like, well, I haven't even just figured out what the product and the services are, what is the, and now it makes sense. I run many people through purpose coaching in a similar process and we, you know, I've come up with crafty ways of helping them bridge the, the problem solution gap. But in that space, what I'm hearing from you, and this is really like inspiring for me, is actually framing up your ideal client. You know, would you, and this is just a question between yourself and myself, I guess, yeah. would you be framing your ideal client as the one that actually helps you grow the most? That's a really interesting question. Um, It's not how I would personally frame it, although I probably need to sit with that for a little bit longer to fully digest the question because it's a very profound one. Um, I more think of my ideal client is who can I help grow the most? I really like having an obsessive focus on consumer uh, when it comes to business. And so um, I think I think the way you have done it is a really good example of what many out there should be modeling, which is you've come out of corporate, you've built a successful business, you've gone through that transition, you're lit, you've created a life that you really enjoy and that fills you up and that's the fullest expression of your current self and you're helping others to do the same. That's your ideal client. Your ideal client is 
Who's the person that's about to go through the journey that you went through over the last three years? That's mm-hmm. your ideal client because that's the person that you can help the most. Now, to come back to your question, is that the person that's going to help you grow the most? Probably because it's going to help solidify and reconcile a lot of your own journey. Mm. Mm. There's that other piece as well that it's not only the person, and sorry to I'm not debunking what you're saying, but I'll probably say and, mm. not only mm. is it the person that um, that I can help the most, but it's also the person that's most rewarding to help. Yes. Like it's yeah. it's extremely satisfying and I think about you know somewhat of that Joseph Campbell hero's journey it's like you know you go and slay the, the demon and the dragon so you, your tribe your village sort of doesn't have to you know and I, I find that um I see that a lot in in me anyway in my entrepreneurial journey which is you know one of the things before I became a, a purpose coach was the meditation coach because meditation was something that helped me heal from six years of depression and the, the, I became that guy. I was like, you got a, have you got a toothache? Try meditating on it. You got a toe ache? You stubbed your toe? Try meditating. Like, I was describing meditation, but everything can change my life. I know it. So incredibly. I was so, I just became that yuppie. But I, I was literally like in my heart, like honestly, that was how I was like, try meditating. It works on everything. You healed my depression. And, uh, and so, you know, that journey of like, you know, but my truth is that I would never, and people say this, but like, honestly, I wouldn't wish depression upon my worst enemy. Yeah, like it's it's not a healthy space to be. It's it's a challenge, mm. to put it lightly. Um, and so not wanting that for even you know like your worst enemy, it's like well let me help those people that I care about at least sharing it with them. And then the same thing I started noticing happening as a bit of a trend. You know, it's like okay with purpose and the corporate misalignment and the and the career misalignment. Okay, let's try and address and help people to the best of our ability to not have to go through that. And just how rewarding it is when. Someone didn't go through, they maybe went through three years of real tough challenges and misalignment or friction and stress that came from it and not having to face a decade of it like I did, you know. And then from there it's like, and that, you know, they can see the value in being seven years ahead of you <laughs> on their path because they've been able to pivot. The rewards in that are just a phenomenal, a phenomenal, right? Yeah. It's circular, right? You're finding the person that if you are genuinely on a path where, uh, your greatest reward is the growth that you could enable in others. Mm. Then in finding somebody that you can help best is going to be most rewarding is going to be most rewarding for you. Right. Mm. And so it's a circular kind of thing. I think, I think the genesis of it is finding the people that you can help the most and in helping them the most, you will have the greatest internal and external commercial financial rewards as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I love that. There's a vulnerable part of me that we should just open up and share this and yeah, I feel like I'm oversharing, but one of the interesting that's happened for me, Jack, just to sort of share with you is Mm. that was that very pain point that I loved coaching on. But what's happened is a lot of my clients actually have then pivoted and gone into like being really successful because I've been doing it for four and a half years now. And now where they've actually interestingly landed is they're in leadership positions because they're passionate about what they're doing. So they become the leaders in, within organizations yeah. or in their own business. And I would like to think it's not a crutch, but they continue to choose to keep me around on a, on a monthly thing, right? Of course. And so what's happened is now they're my, my, and my role is changing. It's not so much about getting them into that, 
you know, like avoiding the angst and the friction that they've been in, but now it's more about, okay, how do we keep you aligned in your decision-making and your, you know, to your spiritual, like accountable to your spiritual alignment that helps you follow your calling in the first place and just making sure that that's still there. Now I'm noticing, and this is why I'm sharing this and it feels a bit vulnerable because that circular nature you're talking about, my avatar is shifting as I'm continuing to serve. And I'm hoping that me sharing this is giving people that palpable um, expression. It's validating me based on the question that I asked you earlier was how do you continue to grow from vision to vision and know when someone thing's moved on to the next? But I'm not realizing that in this conversation, literally that I can feel it shifting now, which is now I'm helping leaders stay aligned to their purpose throughout their decision-making and that both are my avatar. It's just that my avatar has grown and they're invoking their growth in me. That was profound. And in another two years, yeah, uh, it very well may be that that becomes your main avatar and, and, and the original avatar subsides slightly, mm. right? As, as you continue to up-level, as will your audience and as will your clients. Yeah, well, what I'm noticing is I'm developing courses <laughs> now based because I've coached that so much that there are courses, courses and programs which I've now been able to right. homogenize a little bit more to serve that and then... right. Interesting. Sorry, right. that was a little bit about Amrit, but I'm hoping no, someone listening will dude, actually it's, it's, some it's, it's, Everybody listening will understand exactly what we're saying. It is a universal pattern and it's really important for people to understand. I think that's, yeah, and, and, and thank you for the vulnerable share. I think that's <laughs> Thanks, man. So quick question in there. Break the cycle. Tell us a little bit about, we've talked a little about the inner child journey. Um, I know that, you know, you said zero to seven is the imprint phase and yeah, you as partially identified as an entrepreneur at the age of six. So there's a little bit of the imprinting (laughs) snuck in the door. (laughs) Tell us about Break the Cycle and what that was really about with your parents and what you're getting up to in the world. Because I think, yeah, like people can see uh, Jack Deloso today and the books and the TED Talks and there's a lot of... (coughs) There's a lot to poker stick at, let's put it that way. Um, And a lot of it's um, very inspiring. But um, break the cycle is yeah, really grassroots and really humble. Tell us more about where where this mm, is going mm. again. So my father went through a journey similar to the one that you've gone through, and and the one that you coach people through is he he was in corporate and he wasn't enjoying it. Mum was a teacher, and so uh, dad left and he went and joined another guy who had recently founded a not-for-profit organization called Breaking the Cycle. And so quickly, my father became the managing director of Breaking the Cycle. My mother became the head teacher of Breaking the Cycle. Mm. And what Breaking the Cycle would do is they would take um, youth at risk off the street, out of jail, from abusive homes. They'd put them through training and coaching programs, and they'd facilitate them into employment. And even though they would choose those from the most challenging of backgrounds, they were the most successful uh, job placement agency, was the technical term for them, albeit they were so much more than that. Uh, the most successful job placement agency for youth at risk in Australia because Mm -hmm. they were so good at what they did. And so, you know, I was, I was kind of like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine at this point. So right in that imprint period. Right. And I grew up in mum's classroom. I would wag school and be sitting in mum's classroom as she was teaching young adults, you know, 18 to 25 life skills, mindset skills, employability skills, even as you know, mum would be driving me to, school you know in in primary school grade prep grade one grade two she'd have cassette tapes of the one minute manager or tony robbins or nlp certifications or whatever it might be and so that's just the environment that i grew up in what breaking the cycle taught me was the the traditional system and this is like 
30 years ago, right? It taught me, the reason I emphasize that is it's even more true today. Mm. The traditional system doesn't work for everybody. The system of go to, go to school, go to university, get a job, work your way up the corporate ladder and die is, is not an effective strategy. It, it was becoming less effective 30 years ago and it's okay. completely defunct today. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I was, I was very, I became very attuned to that at a very young age because I could, I, I could see firsthand so much dysfunction in so many young adults. Mm. And so breaking the cycle is what gave me my, uh, enhanced my drive, enhanced my understanding that the world needs changing mm. and enhanced my understanding that the world is change bull. Mm. The world is malleable. People mm. can go from near broken to the fullest expression of themselves. And that was, that was stark, obvious and evident for me from a very young age because breaking the cycle was a not-for-profit organization. They were reliant on government funding. Government pulled the funding, organization collapsed. We had a couple of them living with me that were like my brother and sister at the time. Uh, they had to move out. And I remember thinking, you know, I can't remember how old I was. I must have been 10 or 11 or 12. Like, who was it that decided this money was better spent somewhere else? Like, like show me a more noble and important job than helping young people find themselves so that they don't go back to jail, kill themselves, or get beaten to death in their own house, right? Mm. Like, what show me something more important than that. And so I had this deep sense of injustice, anger, coming back to the fuel conversation we had before, yep. angst, frustration, and anger at like the system, government, institution, everything. Hmm. And so while breaking the cycle taught me that the world needs changing and the world is changeable, the collapse of breaking the cycle gave me my commercial side because hmm. I wanted to build great companies that had meaningful impacts, but were not dependent on others for handouts or charitable donations. I wanted them to be profitable, sustainable, scalable in and of themselves so that we could attract the best talent. We can market uh, it to the degree that we want to, and we can, uh, we can scale, right? Because I'm not money driven, but what a lot of people where a lot of spiritual people get this wrong is they walk around with this fucking bullshit pretending like they live an existence that has transcended money and, and it disserves them and everybody else around them and the world at large, because the world does not need more people who are woke and broke, which is what a lot of woke mm. people are. The world mm. needs more conscious people who are well-resourced, who mm. can impact at scale and actually make change happen in the real fucking world. That's mm. what the world needs. And so I'm this interesting blend of like conscious do-gooder hippie mixed mm. with capitalist, mm. not because I'm selfish and greedy, quite the opposite. I just understand that even though money is not my driver, it is the fuel that enables my vision to travel. And if I want to impact at scale, I need resource. I mm. need to become adept at building structure. I need mm. to be a fucking good leader. I need to be an astute manager. I need to understand how to manage financials in a very detailed way. Mm. I need to develop all of these capabilities or else I'm going to be well-intentioned, but never change anything. And I think we've got a world full. I think we've got generations full of people like that right now, all the fucking well-intended, well, you know, all, all of the, all of the best intentions, but aren't developing the necessary skills in themselves to actually affect real change. 
And so that's what I think we need more of. Yeah, I'm hearing it, bro. And it's it's what I'm hearing is all bark and no bite. And I think right. with the real challenges that the world currently is <laughs> is currently facing, I do think for those of us that are positively inclined, we do need to bite um, and actually sink our teeth in and, and affect the change that we know is possible for the world. Really well put, man. That's beautifully put. Yes, we need to bite. No, I um, I really. I really want to thank you, bro. Like, and I can see from break the cycle, like the world needs change and is changeable, you know, that, um, yeah, I can see how much of that is just is whether you see it or not, you probably do, but that the heart and soul of what the entourage really is yes, offering in the definitely. world, you know, it's like the world definitely. does need change and it is changeable and a big part of, you know, you dropped in before and we talked about, you know, the inspired evolutions vibe and my vibe around spiritual entrepreneurship and, I honestly believe, um, and I can see already through this conversation that you do too, that, you know, when people are resourced and able to, you know, follow into their highest calling and do the work that they absolutely love, we make better global citizens, we make better social citizens, we make better decisions for ourselves, for our family, for our community, for the planet. And uh, I honestly do believe that that is the way of the future and that actually that is what will heal a lot of the global crises that we fit that we see at the moment. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to some people. It's like, how does me doing work that I love mean that global warming is going to recede? And it's like, no, you have a better relationship with yourself and just about everything else. And I can, and I can see that. So man, I want to take that as a segue and an opportunity to thank you. Really deeply, awesome brother. Man, it's been so good to, to have this chat. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, man. And it's uh yeah, on behalf of myself, the inspired evolution audience, man, Wishing you all the best on your journey going forward. And guys, um, we talked about education a little bit in there. There's an epic TED talk that Jack put together. So I'll link that in the show notes below as well. And uh, links to the entourage as well are in the show notes. Please do go check it out. There's, yeah, it's it's rare. I'm just, unfortunately, it is rare to find people playing it at such a large scale with so much heart infused into their work. So, Jack. And Amra, where I live, brother, is uh, Instagram. So for those of your audience that have loved this discussion, I'd love to hear from you in my DMs what, what's resonated with you, any questions. I'm, I'm, I'm there pretty much every day. So uh, happy to chat to anybody there. I'm just at Jack DeLosa. See you there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market